Episode 61 of the Thunder Underground Podcast is here. My name is Trent, and as always, I'm joined by Jason. Hello, hello. Hello. This week, man. This is a good one. Reed Mullen. Yes. And if you don't recognize that name, you will recognize the name Crozier Conformity. Definitely. If you don't recognize that name, push stop and go fuck yourself. <laughs> Sorry to get too blunt with it, but... See, I thought about this before we started recording. I'm like, how will I do this without fanboying out at some point? But well, I figured now I figure we, we, we can fanboy now, right? That's, that's right. We're not doing the interview. That's right. The professional part is over, and now we can run our mouths. Yes, right? exactly. <laughs> yeah. But anyone that knows me or knows Jason knows we've been massive fans of COC since we were teenagers. And so this was very cool to be able to get anyone from the band and to get Reed, you know, who's been there from day one. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, he was gone for a little bit, but I mean, he's been there through the bulk of everything. And we've got a great talk with him near 40 minutes coming up here in just a bit, talking about everything from just music and motorhead to what COC has got coming up and mm. some other stuff he's been doing. Yeah. We talked about teenage time killer. Uh, yes. A pretty cool Nico McBrain story. So, Oh yeah. Before we get to all that, though, we're going to play some music. And as always, we like to tell you, thethunderunderground at gmail.com is our email. And you can send us MP3s or send us your band page so we can check you out. If you want us to play you, if you want us to review uh, your album, or just know about you, whatever, shoot us an email. The website is thethunderunderground.com. Everything's on there. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Periscope, and of course SoundCloud, which is what hosts everything. We've got 60 other podcasts for you to go check out and find out about. One of those podcasts was episode 48, which featured all four members of Screaming Red Mutiny. And I bring that up because that's the track we're about to play. Hell yes. Yeah, on that episode, I believe it was that episode, right? Yeah. We played their first single from their forthcoming EP called Last Goodbye. Well, the single's called Last Goodbye. And they've got a new single that they just put out here in the last few days. And this one's called Hand Grenade Serenade. So check this one out.
Grenade Serenade from Screaming Red Mutiny. That's the second song they've put out so far from this EP that they've got coming out in June. And they're going to be playing at Rocklahoma like two or three times. Oh, yeah. We'll see them. Yeah. They're playing the, the stage in the General Mission Campground, which is called the GA Rock Stage. It's a new stage. It's the first year. And they're also playing Camp Jaeger, which has been out there almost not every year, but most of the years. I thought it has been every year. No, I mean, well, Stacy and Fred, the people that run it, have been out there every okay. year, and they've had stuff set up, but they didn't start bands until like year two or three. Okay, gotcha. But anyway, Screaming Red Mutiny's playing that stage, and looking forward to seeing, you know, big time. As You know, this may sound like I'm kissing ass, but I'm not. Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing Screaming Red Mutiny almost as much as I'm looking forward to seeing Scorpions and Hatebreed. Yeah, because, I mean, uh, these guys are so strong. And, uh, these tunes, they're, these tunes they're banging out are just crazy. Uh, so it's, and I think everybody's got some anticipation for this band. Yeah. This will be their first, their first live shows ever together as a band. Like they just formed here in the last, you know, few months. And on that last podcast that the the podcast we had them on number 48, they actually, we recorded it at the studio when they were recording some of these songs and. You know, they were cool enough to cool enough to invite us in early before the interview. And we saw John laying down some guitar tracks. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, these both these songs are phenomenal. And this one I like this one even better than the first one. I think you said the same thing. Yeah, I mean I like uh Sprout's phrasing in the vo- in the verses. I think it's really cool. Uh the solo's badass. I even like how the beginning of the solo and like Sprout's vocals, they like kind of melt together, you know, before Sprout's vocals fade out and the, the same kind of melody. That's really smart. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and it, it just, and the sound is just stellar. Um, so yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing these guys live. Finally. Yeah. His, his vocals, you know, he's really expanded what people know him for from King Shifter. Yeah. You know, he had a, has a great voice. He always has, but this is just even more melodic and, you know, the chorus of this thing is just insane. You know, I'm a sucker oh, yeah. for anything hard rock or metal that's got, yeah. you know, a that's hook. melodic like that and a yeah. hook, yeah. And another cool thing is, you know, a lot of, a ton of songs you hear, you know, the guitars and the, the vocals are what stand out. And, you know, the bass and drums are just there to keep it together and they kind of get lost sometimes, but they don't at all with this. Like, you really hear, like, you're listening to this and you hear that bass, you yeah, know. Yeah, you and get everything. The drumming's stellar as well. You know, all four of these guys are awesome musicians and you know like we can't gush about them enough that's right yeah and they're like we said they've got two or three performances at rocklahoma which is memorial day weekend if you're going to be out there do not miss them and then in june they're playing june 10th they're doing a release they're calling it the digital release so i don't know if they're putting the cd out later on but that's in wichita on june 10th and then june 11th they're heading to kansas city for a release and then the next weekend, they're back in Tulsa on June 18th at Billy and Renee's with our good friend Steve Ray and Oakland Hombres. Yes. So that's a that's a hell of a lineup right there. That's going to be a barn burner of a show. Yeah. Two bands that, we well, can't say we know Screaming Red Beanie bring it live, but we've seen all these guys <laughs> in their own bands bring it live. So oh, you, just, you know they're going to. Oh, yeah. Well, let's, we want to talk about, C- well, before we get into COC, there's something else I want to say. Yeah. Um, I mentioned King Shifter, and the drummer of King Shifter, his wife, probably fiance, I'm, I'm not going to say for sure if I know that right, but she's one of the top ten finalists for Miss Rocklahoma. Okay. Of course, if you follow us on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook, you know every Saturday we do a thing called Metal Chick Saturday where we post a picture of a girl wearing, you know, representing a band somehow. Whether it be a t-shirt or a tattoo or a hat or whatever. This past week, you know, we posted her again for the second time. We just wanted to throw a shout out and say you need to get on rocklahoma.com. And right in the middle of the page, there's a thing that says vote for Miss Rocklahoma. There's 10 finalists, but all you need to do is click Jen and hit vote. That's right. And you can do that every day this week up until May 15th. Exactly. And uh, the Metal Chick Saturday is probably my favorite part of our Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hit that hashtag, and I've noticed there's a few other people that have 
taken to that hashtag, but yeah. we were the first. Cause we were the first, goddammit. When we hit that with that first girl wearing a Slayer shirt, that's the first post in that hashtag. Exactly. And you know what? It, you know, we, we each kind of take charge of, you know, a separate Instagram thing, you know. You do the Metal Chick Saturday, and I have to say you do a damn good job of it. Thank you. Hey, no problem. No I problem. have I have high standards. I know you do. I right. know you do. <laughs> but anyway, we another thing is we've talked to Jen, and we're going to have her on the podcast and record that out there at Rocklahoma. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. Yeah, she does a lot of stuff. She's a model. She works for a radio station in Wichita as one of their, their hype girls, you know, for the concerts. And, you know, she's another thing is a lot of times these concerts have – women in it that you know just entered because they're a model and they're looking for some kind of ego boost. Yeah. But this woman is a really true, just like any of us, diehard fan of music. Yeah. I know she's a massive fan of Seven Dust and um, Soil and Johnny Poole. I've seen, yeah. you know, this on her stuff. And, you know, so just, like I said, go vote for her and be on the lookout for that probably in June on our podcast. Sounds good. Yeah. Well, like we said, Crozier and Conformity, Reed Mullen. That's right. Now time to get down to the business at hand. This was uh this is one of the highlights, one of the big ones. Yeah. And uh, you know, the other night we got to go see COC, Clutch and Lamb of God at the Brady Theater in Tulsa. All three bands were amazing. But I think, you know, and I think you'll back me up, COC Corrosion Conformity was the band we were most wanting to see. Absolutely. Uh, because we're both since we were teenagers, just crazy huge fans and they hadn't played in forever and it was so nice to see these guys back together and you know they jammed it out it was it was a killer set it was uh it was a highlight of the evening for me i mean i'll say it right now yeah i mean i was this is an amazing triple bill and all three of these bands we like we've talked about on the podcast before yeah are ones you would go see any day of the week by themselves oh yeah so you put it together it's just unbelievable and but for me, like I said, it had been 10 years since I'd seen, you know, this lineup with Pepper and back in the band. And so that's all I was thinking about. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, yeah. I, you know, I knew I'm going to see Clutch and Lamb of God. It's going to be great. But it was just weird as much as I loved both those bands. I rarely ever thought about it. Yeah. <laughs> like leading up to the show. Yeah, it was all then, COC. Yeah. Yeah. Once COC was done, then I'm like, I'm going to get to see Clutch right now. This is amazing. I know. It's like a bonus. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, what do you think of the what do you think of COC set? I mean, they played the door. Yeah, you know, I mean, that was awesome. Yeah, I mean, you know, we knew it was going to be a short one since they were the third band, and they played uh, forty minutes. Is that right? I think 45. so. And I think it was about forty five, which was longer than I expected. And yeah. they had a couple, couple points in, uh, I guess, in clean my wounds, and then maybe in. The beginning of Paranoid Opioid. And yeah. Maybe in the middle jam, of that. They kind of... Where they, yeah, they jammed yeah, and stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, they, they had a good set for being a third band down. And so a lot of... A lot has to be said for Lamb of God and their crew for giving COC and Clutch better time than most yeah, people so, would. Yeah, no kidding. Because a lot of times that band in that COC slot might get 25 or 30 minutes. Yeah. And then Clutch might get 40 minutes. But they got 50 or 55. So, I mean, it was... But yeah, like you said, the door was a pleasant surprise. And, you know, I mean, it was dominant on deliverance, like you expected. Yeah. Seven Days, um, Broken Man, which is an amazing song. And then, of course, Albatross and Clean My Wounds. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I think that, um, I think what, what drew me to COC when I was young, and, I, you know, I don't know, I can't speak for you, but, you know, we, we, we loved heavy music. We loved metal. And, uh, that was that was there, but we also liked newer bands and you know what the newer heavier stuff was doing and it just this you know Deliverance that album just kind of came together and kind of married those two sounds you know you had you had the heaviness of you know the metal and you had but it sounded kind of new and then you had this kind of southern twist to it and this kind of groove and it was just like nothing we'd ever heard really right. it was like an updated it was like you know, a Black Sabbath for us. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Not that we don't love Black Sabbath because we do, but it was just like, it was like, this was ours, you know? And, uh, I think one of the things that I think really helped, um, helped that kind of, you know, 
helped him stand out was Reed Mullins drumming. Because really, before that, in metal, it was all straight ahead, you know, just fast and, you know, pulsing. And Reed, you know, he, he, he's got a lot of Bill Ward in him, got a lot of groove. He knows when to, you know, hang back and he knows when to, you know, anticipate and just wait for a, you know, a cool, a cool accent rather than just, you know, cramming it down your throat all the time. And, uh, you know, so, so to, uh, so to see all that and get to talk to Reed was just, it was just amazing. Yeah, there's there's a lot to be said for that too, because I mean he came from the, you know they started as like a punk band. You know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, you know you don't see punk drummers usually hanging back like you said in that style. But well, that just tells you that tells you the the diversity. Yeah. And and the 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 wanting to to do different stuff and to challenge yourself it really does. Yeah. But yeah, like you said, Black Sabbath. It's almost like Black Sabbath and Leonard Skinner combined. Oh, I know. And you know, and that's. You know, I'm a big fan of, you know, I've never got super deep into it, but I'm a huge fan of like stoner rock or whatever you want to call it. Sludge, doom, whatever, you know, it all kind of varies. But, um, COC is the first band that really got me into that. And around Monster Magnet around the same time, because they came out with, uh, Negasonic Teenage Warhead. Yeah. Um, that's not the name of the album, right? That's the name of the song. But anyway, that album. Yeah. Um, Dopes to Infinity. Yeah, Dopes to Infinity. But, you know, that was out around the same time as Deliverance, and those are the two albums that really got me into that style of stuff. Yeah. Pushed me just from the the standard hard rock and metal and thrash metal and whatever that we were always into. Yeah. And, yeah, you can't say, you know, you know the thing that drew me in, obviously, was Pepper Keenan's voice and just those those riffs from him and Woody. And, you know, another cool thing about it is, you know, it's both of them, you know, the solos, the riffs. Yeah, they both, yeah, exactly. You know, you don't know what's from song to song, you know, they trade off and, and they're all involved. Like, you know, you know, Reed does a lot of backing vocals and like he mentions in the interview, he's wrote lyrics and of course they all have a hand in writing the music. Yeah. So it's a real collaborative band and you, you know, you can always tell that with bands when it's, at another level. Yeah, yeah, I know. And it's more than one person usually. Oh. Which, you know, that's that's crazy that you, you kinda of delved so much into the stoner rock world, you know? I mean you're about as you're about as stoner as Billy Graham is. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but me too though. So I don't know, you know? Yeah. But it's just got that sound, you know. There it's 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 a groove. It really I think it comes down to groove. Yeah. So all joking aside, you know, I think that's what it is. But just you know, I mean, I, I like their, their stuff. I like Blind a lot and, the, you know, the previous albums. And even, you know, we talked about the self-titled album and Nine and all that. I've listened to it all and I like it all. Mm-hmm. But that's the thing, you know, just those things I like a lot. But when yeah. it comes to the Pepper era, it's one of my favorite bands ever. Yeah. True. And it's yeah. like those, that string of albums, Deliverance, Wise Blood, America's Volume Dealer, and In the Arms of God. You know, that's, that's your jam. Yeah. That's yeah. I mean, what, what more can you say? That's you know? right. And so I'm like, you know, that's like my most anticipated album of yeah. anything here in the next year for whenever it comes out. Oh, uh, I can't, I can't, I can't even fathom what, I don't know. I just can't, dude, I don't know. I'm speechless as you can see. <laughs> I just don't know what's going to be in store. It's just, it's got to be amazing. I know it will be, you know, I mean, for me, I think. My favorite out of all those is America's Volume Dealer. And I know that, you know, some people might be like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I mean, I love Deliverance. It's, it's epic. It's monumental. But I just, I don't know. America's Volume Dealer just hits it for me somehow. You know, who's yeah. got the fire? How could you write a better fucking song than that? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, really, I could hit, I could hit repeat on that song. Stare too long. It's so diverse. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. When you compare it to the other ones, it's got, like, say, who's got the fire? Stare too long. You know, yeah. over me or over you. Yeah. And then, uh, dude, Diablo dude. Boulevard. That's right, dude. That's, I got in, that song's in my head every other day and I haven't heard it in like months. I got in <laughs> fights defending that album. <laughs> but, you know, anyways, but yeah, this was, uh, just such a treat to get to talk to Reed. He was so engaging and, you know, had stories and was, you know, uh, just excited. I mean, it was, uh, super cool. I mean, you couldn't have asked for, uh, you couldn't ask for more. It was just really awesome. 
Yeah, we met up with him after the show, like completely after everything, after Lamb of God. Yeah. And, you know, he he had a place already picked out. You know, he had walked around downtown, he said, earlier in the day with Randy from Lamb of God. Yeah. And he found like a, you know, a place there in downtown where it was just like a staircase that led up to some door, some old abandoned building, I think. Yeah. And, you know, we just hung out there for 40 minutes or so and recorded this interview. And I mean, it's. Like I said, fanboy moment. It's like, did you think when you were 16, you know, you would be sitting on a stoop in downtown Tulsa talking to Reed Mullen for 45 minutes or something? Hell no, but... I'd have pissed my pants Yeah, right. no kidding. But see, that's the thing. It's like we talked about is, you know, we're we're at the age now where, I mean, we, we understand, you know, I mean, as fanboys as we are, we're not like, you know, morons. So we can, you know, separate the fanboy from, you know, what has what, the job at hand and... It was just, uh, you know, it was really cool, and I don't think I could have handled it at 16. No. So now at 39, I'm glad that I get to just, you know, have a conversation, and, you know, uh, you always have these, you know, man, if I met this guy, I'd ask him this, but you always think, man, I'd be so nervous. Well, not now, I mean, because it's just, uh, you know, it's what we do, and it's, uh, it just comes, you know, it just, it works out, so... I mean, yeah, I'm just going to quit blabbering on because, you know, it was just awesome. What can I say? Yeah. Well, let's just, let's do it. Let's get into it right now. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't see Exodus till like we did one of those metal cruises. Actually, we did three. Yeah, and that was the first time I ever saw Exodus. They were killer. Right on. How are those cruises? I mean, those are crazy to play on. They are. It's it's a weird like cultural thing now where it's almost become all the people that go to the cruises. Yeah, and they like hang out. You know, they get save all their you know nickels and dimes and, and shit. Waiting to do the metal cruise, whatever metal cruise they like to do, like, like whether it's uh, seventy thousand tons or, well, I guess they're not going to be a motorboat anymore. Yeah. But, uh, Someone just told me today that they're, they claim they're going to do it again. They're what? They claim that they're supposed to do one again. Like early one next last year. one. Oh, one last one. We yeah. just have guest singers come yeah, up or I don't something. Know. Just, I don't know. That's weird. Someone else headlining, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, did, that you guys did motorboat last year, right? We did motorboat last year, yeah, and uh, and Pep had done uh, with Down the, the, the year before. And the one we did, man, it was kind of you know it was sad because when you saw Lemmy up there, you're like, damn. And I had seen him like about six months ago at yes. Dave Grohl's birthday party out in, in at the Forum in L.A. And he had all these different guest singers come up during their show. It was like Alice Cooper and fucking David Lee Roth and like all these different people come up. And, yeah. um, dude from uh, Black Label, what's his name? Zach Wild. Zach Wild, yeah, yeah, yeah. <coughs> All these different people. Anyway, uh, um, Lemmy was last, and yeah, they had to help him on stage, and it was like, fuck. And when you saw him, you're like, dude, that dude's sick. Yeah. He is not well. Yeah. yeah. yeah we saw him last September, and he looked pretty pro, but. Oh, you saw him in September? Yeah. Holy shit. That yeah, was right uh, before, huh? Yeah, in yeah. Chicago. And, um,. There's I mean, a, he played good when we saw him. Yeah, yeah. It sounded good. Yeah, but it's you could tell it was just, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, he was get he was getting there. You know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. He's funny. Like we ambushed him. Uh, he, he was opening for Alice Cooper in the '80s or something like that. Sometime, and me and Woody uh, went down. Was in Charlotte, North Carolina. We ambushed him and and gave him a bunch of COC shirts. And he went, "I know this. It's the second best." Skull logo and rock and roll. <laughs> I was like, yeah, all right. Anyway, that's a good one to be under, you know. No, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd say the Misfits are a little higher than us. But. <laughs> Did you come up with that logo? Um, Mike, Mike Dean came up with the idea. Um, originally, the spikes were MX missiles, you know, because all Cold War kind of shit when we were when we were first starting. And um, and we got a, a buddy of ours that we went to high school with named Errol. Uh, who's a big tattoo artist now? He, we got him to draw it for us. 
And then we, we used it to make some t-shirts. We're like, fuck, man, people love this thing. We ought to buy it from him. So we, we, uh, we gave him 150 bucks, which was more than he asked for. He asked for like 100 or something. That was a lot of money. We were in high school. That was a lot of money. That's right. Anyway, we got him to sign uh, a receipt on a napkin. Yeah. We were at some like okay, coffee shop or something. Anyway, to this day, he's still so mad he sold it to us. Because <laughs> we, we made millions of dollars off that yeah, fucking logo. Shit, you know what I mean? Shit. You don't even have to put the band name. You could just have that logo and people know what it is. Yeah. You know? Believe That's not, awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Believe it or not, you're not going to believe this, but it's true. I tell you, it's true. I met somebody, because I've seen maybe thousands of the skull tattoo, you know, over the last 30 oh, yeah. years, right? And I met some kid who got one, and he said he got it without knowing it was a band at first. Like, he, was, he, he found out later. He's like, yeah, it was so fucking cool. It was on the, on the board or whatever. So I was like, ah, I'm going to get that. Isn't that hilarious? He got the logo without even knowing it was a band. That's great. That's great. A friend of mine told me someone did that with Allison Chains, uh, that thing from Dirt where it's like the circular sun. Like, he knew someone that did the same thing. Just got it because it looked cool and then found out later it was Allison Chains. Oh, no shit. <laughs> oh, that's killer. <laughs> but talk about this... Uh, this lineup, I mean, that's pretty... I mean, you see a lot of good triple bills, but this one's like three bands that are like, you know... Just Super strong and great, yeah. Li- you know, Amazing Live, you know. Three so different like, flavors of, uh, you yeah. know, I don't know if you'd call it call clutch metal, but or or us kind of metal sometimes. But, uh, but yeah, fucking heavy, fucking yeah. heavy music. All three are badass. And all, all the folks in the bands are super cool, man. It's like... Going on a camping trip, oh, your best buds, you know, like that. <laughs> Fucking, uh, I didn't, I, I only knew Rand, Randy from doing the Teenage Time Killers thing, yeah. but uh, I didn't know the other guys, but they're all super cool, too. We've known the Clutch guys for a million years. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've seen you guys too with them for all, you know, yeah. forever. Yeah. And, you know, they stayed on it, so they've gotten, you know, pretty, pretty massive for the type of music or whatever. But this is cool for all of us, particularly us in Clutch, because uh, Lamb draw some younger kids that wouldn't necessarily come see Clutch or COC. Right. You know? Yeah, and they get those, uh, the kids that get here early so they can get up close. Yeah, exactly. So you yeah, get a exactly. captive audience. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> like Pepper tonight, and he did it last night too. I asked how many people had seen COC before. Tonight was a little bit more than. Last night, last night was maybe like a quarter of the people were like, "Whoa, what the?" <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it's cool. It's, yeah. You know, it, this is only a show three, I think. Yeah, but yeah. it's already like, fuck. Yeah. Well, um, you know, talk about the the timing for the this lineup to come back together. I mean, what made it now or well last year? I think kind of or and then um, you know who made kind of the first contact of. You know. Well, Pepper and I have been in contact with each other for a while, and it was like more he and I getting, you know, um, getting together and, and getting things happening. Yeah. You know, he, he'd been so busy with Down for so long, yeah. and um, we finally decided, yeah, well, let's go ahead and do this, yeah. and then we, it was more logistics thing, like he had Down stuff happening. We were still doing a little bit of three-piece punk rock COC stuff, and, um, and it was funny that... Somehow it got out that we were he and I were talking and, and going to make it happen. And Monty Connor, who used to be with Roadrunner, an yeah. A&R guy with Roadrunner, I think he might even sign Lamb of God, I don't remember, um, is now with Nuclear Blast. And he got wind of it, and he was like, he called me up, and he was like, dude, is this true? Are you and Pepper talking? Are you going to do the COC Pepper deliverance thing? I was like, yeah, no, I think it's going to happen. And we're all fucking, you know, just waiting for the right time, book some some shows and see how it is and it's like well, well listen Deliverance is my favorite album of the, all of the 90s I was like whoa that's a bold statement it's like no serious it's not just my favorite COC album it's my of the 90s it was I'm like cool well um, uh, I guess I'll call you when we know more he said no 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 I'm gonna sign you guys he's, he's like <laughs> emphatic about it I'm like okay so sure enough for like a year and a half and I'm not exaggerating he called me texted me and emailed me every month Wow. So what's going on? You guys there yet? And I was like, ah, dude, we're close. And finally, when it was like, yeah, we're there. We're you know booking a tour over Europe. He's like, oh, okay. So we started 
talking to him and a couple other labels, and sure enough, he signed us. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. Was, yeah, so he had a plan. He was on he it. He had a plan, and he was on <laughs> it, dude. Well, and the coolest thing about Nuclear Blast, too, is, is not just him, but all sorts of people in that label are, like, excited about us, and they're enthusiastic. Yeah. And, man, you, I mean, you can give a band a bunch of money, but you can't put a price on that kind of enthusiasm. Right. Particularly people that know the band, and they know not just Deliverance, but they know the backstory, too. So anyway, yeah, it worked out, and we did some touring in Europe, and uh, that was sort of like the litmus test, their barometer to see if, you know, if we could get along, which was important, but but uh, it was fun, and dude, it was so much fun. Yeah. And we were killing it, too. I mean, it was like, wow. It was funny, when we first started doing rehearsals, they we were talking about what songs we were going to do. Yeah. Because we wanted to base it mostly around the Deliverance album and Wise Blood a little bit, but mainly Deliverance. And they, well, all of us wrote a big song, but they put in a couple songs from the album that I didn't play on. Yeah. And uh, it's not like I, I disliked those songs or that album or something, but I was just kind of like, oh, I thought this was a Deliverance thing. I don't want to. <laughs> Plus, the two songs they picked, like six minutes long. I was yeah. like, fuck. <laughs> So anyway, when we started rehearsals, I was like, all right, listen, guys, I'll, I'll do one of them. But I don't want to do two, man. I don't want to take away from maybe a Deliverance song we could play or something like that. So anyway, we rehearsed both of them. I was like, fuck, these are great. Let's do them both. <laughs> so it yeah. worked out good. And now you're opening with one of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, to be honest with you, I, I, think, I, I think I play... Uh, Paranoid opioid a little better than Stanton more. <laughs> I love Stanton. He was at the show in New Orleans, but nice. but yeah, yeah. I'm I'm a little more COC than he is. Yeah, right. he's a good jazz drummer. Yeah. yeah, he's a great jazz drummer. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. You, you probably got the COC thing down a little bit. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> a little more familiar with their work. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, the, me, Mike, and Woody, we start learn. We learned how to play music together. Yeah. I mean, we were just like learning rudimentary punk rock. Yeah. I got a drum set for Christmas when I was 15 or 16, and it was Woody that showed me how to play, like, the Ramones beat that... Yeah. <laughs> right? He showed me how to play drums, and our singer at the time showed me the cut time, the hardcore beat, and we were off, dude. Like, a month later, we had COC. Hell yeah. Yeah, that's all you needed to know back then. <laughs> but we developed it from there. You know, we were all Sabbath fans, Deep Purple and shit like that, so not only was it Black Flag and Bad Brains and all other kind of punks rock stuff, but we, like a lot of people don't know it, but on Our Eye for an Eye, our first album, one of the songs is really just Symptom of the Universe by Sabbath, sped up. <laughs> and yes. we did like a priest version of Green Mantle Issue, we had part of Cornucopia by Sabbath in there. So like we've been into metal for a long time, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I think that's why they call us a crossover band. <laughs> yeah. But anyway. Well, as far as you said, getting signed to Nuclear Blast, were you guys not tied up in anything with the, the two albums you did when Pepper wasn't there? Like, on a label? No, no, no. Nine. No, no. I think, yeah, I think that label, album. yeah, I think that label, um, I think they might have gone out of business, to be honest oh, with yeah. you. Oh, we didn't have anything to do with that. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I think they might have, I think, I think they may call it a day. Candlelight is what they were called. But, yeah, I mean, you know, it's been an interesting run. I mean, there's a lot of different flavors of COC. You got the whole hardcore thing. Yeah. Then you got the blind thing, which is an anomaly. It's just like that bridge between punk rock to where we are now, or the pepper, or, yeah, I wouldn't call it doom. I wouldn't call it stoner. I don't know what it is. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it's... Yeah, you got a little bit of a groove. Aspects of groovy. Yeah, yeah. And pepper's got a southern sounding voice, so I guess... Yeah. But yeah, yeah, so so we've been doing rehearsals in Raleigh. Pep flew up a couple times, and we've been working on stuff, col you know, collab collabo stuff, assemblage of riffs. <laughs> I, I think if anybody, if 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 you're a COC fan, you're going to be stoked. If you're a COC fan with Pepper singing, like, you're yeah. going to be super stoked on this new album. Cause nice. It's going to be sick, yeah. Okay, okay. You know. What's the, like, what's the status? Are you, do you guys have a... Time that we're a date lined up or anything. We're, we're supposed to be in the studio right now, but Randy and and and, and the Clutch guys wanted us to, to open this thing, and we we're like, ah, fuck. Supposed, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it really was, you know, because like we were just talking about it. It uh, we're getting to play a 
people that have never seen us before, yeah. which is, you know, it's a big thing. They, to date, we've been playing to a lot of people that are already sold, yeah. you know, they already know it, which is great, but this is great too. Um, so I guess what we're going to do is we're going to, for the first time ever, we're going to try and write on the road, like write and kind of record a little bit, okay. demo as much as we can, because we got six, how, much, how long is this thing? Let's see. Oh. The end of May, it's kind of long. It's till June. Oh, it's in June. June eleventh. Is that right? Yeah. So we got a little time. Yeah. yeah. And we were thinking, fuck, dude. You know, we're supposed to be in the studios. So we're gonna try and yeah, we got a little recording thing in the back. Record as much riffs and get Pepper to start scribbling words and stuff. I write. I write words too. Like I wrote the words for that song, Albatross. Okay. So uh, there'll be a little, you know. Collabo and all that kind of stuff too. But um, so we're gonna try and do that, and then as soon as we get back, we're just gonna just you know bury ourselves in it. Nice. Because we're super motivated too. You know, we want to get this thing done. But it's interesting because we wanna we want this to be one of the best, if not the best, COC records ever, right? So we want to spend time on it, but we don't want to spend too much time because we want to get it out. Yeah. So one of the, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, there's some people that want to tour with us in November, December. So we're kind of like thinking, all right, if we have this window, we'll just fucking, sometimes it, I, I think our band works better with deadlines yeah. as opposed to just like open ended, you know, and if we know we have a deadline then we work harder and faster. Yeah. That makes sense. So the goal is to try to get it done before November or the end of the year, probably. Well, get it if as possible. far along as possible. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, if I had my druthers, I'd, you know, I'd do as much as we can on there and get in the studio and try and start doing tracks. Yeah. I'd like to do, cut the drums either at, um, we're talking about going to the studio in Bogalusa, Louisiana. Pepper found the place. It's an old school, Neve console, analog joint. Oh, I think wow. Kansas recorded Left Overture there or something like that. <laughs> So, but he's, he, Pepper did some recording there and he says it's badass. Um, and it's isolated, so New Orleans won't be like tugging at all of us to go party and stuff yeah. like that. You know what I mean? You're there and there's nothing to do, there's nothing there. So, but I, I, I either, uh, I want to record the drums there or at Dave Grohl's studio because I like that. That his studio is 606 is meant to record drums. Like a lot of people just record drums there, like Allison Chains, yeah. they did some stuff there. And uh, I think they did a full album there, but then I think the second one they did, they just did the drums there. But anyway. So that's kind of what we have planned for the recording stuff, dude, is we can just keep getting off for tours, which is nice. But like I said, you know. Yeah. You're going to have to hunker down, man. Yeah, no shit, right? Well, you guys have been going pretty, <coughs> pretty for the steady. most part, nonstop since you got this lineup back together. Yeah. Is once the album comes out mm -hmm. in the 2017, is that the idea to just keep going strong? Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, when the album comes out, yeah, we're going to be fucking... Hitting it, man. Yeah. Then then things will be different because, well, we, we have a, a management company we we're talking to. We have a, a label, right? And we'll have a new album, so it'll be... Right now, it's sort of like nostalgia. Like, people are like, ah, oh, I want to hear Albatross or Clean Moons or whatever, you know? Yeah. And uh, that hasn't worn off, but... You know, people want to hear some new stuff. Yeah, and yeah. Particularly with uh, Pepper singing. Yeah, people are chomping at the bit. So, as am I. I can't wait to hear it. It's gonna be killer. <laughs> the best thing is we're all getting along so good. We're I don't know if you can tell, but we're having a good time on stage oh, too. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Well, I saw a thing the other day that. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, but you guys played a show in Manchester, like, on a few hours' notice? Yeah! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our, our sound guy over there uh, lives in Manchester, so ordinarily what we do is we fly in over there and we do a rehearsal because he's got connections there for, you know, the bus and, and oh, yeah. gear and all that other kind of stuff. A lot of people fly to London, you know. And so we showed up and we were going to go to go to a, a rehearsal place, and he was like, man, I got I got a crazy idea. You guys just want to do a surprise show and see how it goes? And I'm like, yeah, that sounds killer. So yeah, literally like two hours. Uh, we he said it was somebody of his who owned a club, a pub, or whatever. 
And the next thing you know, there's like 250 people packed in this tiny little place going nuts. Yeah, it was so a great was show. With, with people that knew you? It was, I mean, fans? Yeah, like, oh, yeah. Just like, a, like a word of mouth. Thing word of mouth, yeah, 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 fully, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, no, it was killer. We'd never, because we'd never done that before. Yeah. Some bands do that, but we hadn't. And uh, I don't think you get a better practice because, you know, you get the vibe. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. There's a big difference between rehearsing in a, I don't know if you guys play, but, you know, yeah. in a rehearsal studio and having that that thing you know yeah it probably counts for like eight or nine practices yeah it really does you're right yeah fully so how do you guys uh do you mess with the set list every night because i mean i know you changed at least one song from last night because i looked what you played last night but or in memphis but yeah um we're we're, we're limited to 40 minutes so it's kind of like i mean you got like the three or four you got to play i guess but yeah yeah, we're we're or not we're not good at we're we're not like Clutch are really good at switching their shit up all yeah, the time. They, yeah, they do it like every uh, night. It's different. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're not we're not as good as they are at doing that. I wish we were, but also we're the opening band, yeah. so we can't go over, you know. Yeah, because that infl- that impacts those guys, those two bands. So we're trying to keep it kind of simple and uh, working stuff in and out here and there. Make, make it fun for us and the fans make it different you know so it's not the same thing yeah. all the time well one thing I noticed was you guys were live as hell and normally an opening band like especially two down you know the headliner you always hear that doesn't let them turn the shit up oh yeah so I don't know if is that a thing you guys just did or Lamb of God's cool with that I guess or whatever I guess they're cool <laughs> with that I mean I'm behind the kit so I don't know how yeah, loud it is or not I mean, it was seriously louder than I've ever heard an opening band in that place oh no shit huh <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Our sound guy likes it loud. That's for sure. He's a good well, dude, though. John, he works with High on Fire a lot. Who are also very loud. Yeah, yeah, they are super loud. <laughs> <laughs> well, the the self-titled album and, and nine. I guess it's nine, right? Uh-huh. I don't know if really like nine anymore. very much. It's all right. It so, sound more like demos to me. Yeah, it's okay. Was that like? I mean, obviously the sound's different, so it's like, do you, when you're writing compared to that and this, you got to get in a different frame of mind, or is it just come naturally either way? Compared uh, to the way you're writing with Pepper, I mean. You mean the writing process? Yeah. As far as since it's a little bit different style of music, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I got you. Um, well, it's kind of the same. I mean, it's, I think Pepper's a better singer than Mike Dean, um, but, uh, but it's, I mean, I think Mike Dean's good at what he does, but but um, it's kind of the same. Like we, we assemble uh, riffs and come up with a basic arrangement of riffs, and then apply the lyrics and the vocals to it, and then see how that works, and then refine it a little bit. See, with nine though, that was that was like one step. I think premature. I think we should have done those recordings and then recorded them again. But anyway, that's not the way we toss it. Because Mike Dean was out with fucking Caius. That's what it was. That's what it was. I remember now. Yeah, he went out with fucking Caius Lives. Ah, that's what it was. God damn it. He was out with him for like nine months. We recorded all that stuff, and then he split. Ah, that's right. That's what it was. Anyway, I think nine's okay. But um, so usually, yeah, usually we. Uh, and people add and people talk about arrangements and all that other kind of stuff or uh, maybe it needs an intro or that's too long or that's too short or let's do this blah 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 and we're all pretty good at like we all basically hear the same thing so you know yeah um, so that's bas- that's how we've written stuff for the most part I myself like to sometimes write stuff a little bit farther along with the vocals already in place like like Albatross when I wrote that I yeah um, sometimes I think if you if you if you already write the song musically you kind of limit yourself in terms of key yeah. you limit yourself in times of in terms of how long things can be you know what I mean I, I for me personally when I'm writing lyrics I I like to hear the vocals a little earlier on than then once the the music's already done you know what I mean but what we do works I mean it's like hard to complain well uh, with like uh, 
Teenage Time Killer, how was that singing yourself? How was that what? Sing, doing the vocals yourself. That, how was that? Yeah. I mean, because I, 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 I didn't even know you, you like, took lead vocals and some stuff, so I thought that was Oh, yeah, awesome. yeah, 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 a little bit. I, yeah. Well, particularly more on, uh, like, I sang a couple songs on Nine, I sang a couple, couple three songs on the self-titled, and, uh, but I sang in the punk rock days, too. Okay. The main reason I sang in the punk rock days was because <laughs> Mike Dean was the singer, and like people would be stage diving all the time, right? <laughs> so the Mike would constantly during the show being knocked in his damn grill, <laughs> and he'd get mad. He like chase after he throws bass down and chase after people. So I had to like finish the song. Oh wow! <laughs> so that's the only reason I ever became a, a singer. But um, yeah, uh, teenage time killers, man, that really happened as more of an accident than anything else. Yeah. Because when we did the self-titled thing, I became real good friends with the head engineer at 606. He's a good southern boy. He's from Tennessee. His name's Lou. And uh, after we finished the self-titled thing, he was like, man, I know you wanted there to be more hardcore shit on this self-titled thing. Because I did. I wanted to do more old school stuff. He said, come back when the foos aren't in here. Nobody's in here. We'll, we'll cut like five tracks and, and you know have a cool little EP or something. Like that. Ah, that sounds cool. So, like, six months later, he calls me and says, hey, we got some free time. Come out in three weeks. Or I said, yeah. So I called up Jello Biafra with this one song idea I had, and he said he'd sing it, and then I was going to sing the other four, four songs we had. Flew out, and instead of doing five songs, we did 11 or something like wow. that. And they sounded killer. And the funny thing is, when I was done just doing that block of songs, I was at LAX, about to fly home to North Carolina, and um, I'm going in my gate, and I see this big tall guy, like, walking towards me, sunglasses on, big COC shirt. And I pass him, and I go, hey, man, nice shirt. And he just put his glasses down, and sunglasses, and Reed, is that you? And it was Randy Blythe. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So I, I, uh, he told me what he was doing, and I told him that I had just done this. And he said, well, fuck, I want to be on that. And it's really because of him that Teenage Time Killers went from five or 11 songs or whatever to what it became because he wanted to sing on that. And I was like, I was thinking, well, fuck if I got Jello and Randy, I should just start asking other people, see if they want to yeah. do it. And then when, you know, Corey Taylor and, and, and Neil, yeah. uh, I mean, Lisa became a who's who, you know what I mean? Was there anybody you tried to get you weren't able to get it worked out with? Or? Keith Morris from the Circle Jerks or Off or whatever. Um, said he was going to do it, and then he just got super busy with that kind of stuff. Um, Max from Max Cavalera from whatever he's in now. I don't know how many <laughs> bands he's in now. Um, oh, the the song that I I got uh, <coughs> Phil Wren from Sacred Reich. I wanted to have it be half him and half Max. Oh, it wow. ended up just oh, being, be awesome. but yeah, that would have been cool. But uh, well, what about uh, Greatest Hits Volume Two? Oh yeah, 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 you know, yeah. We're talking about this. There's a huge, yeah, a bunch of people that want to do it. So, so it's a good possibility it'll happen. Oh, absolutely, yeah, for sure. Volume one was too much fun, and like I said, volume one was like not planned. So yeah. it kind of like we kind of stumbled our way through it because it was like, yeah, exactly. Never supposed to be any kind of big thing. It was just going to be a fun little thing. Yeah, and, and, and that's a great title for a first album, by the way. That's fucking. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. I know. My dad thought it was hilarious. We did one show, and uh, we played all the songs on the album, and uh, those guys flew on. Corey Taylor flew on. I think Slipknot and and and, uh, and uh, Lamb of God had just finished their tour, and they both flew out. Uh, Neil had just finished the tour. It was killer. Fifty-four songs. We got every every singer got to pick like three or four covers. So, like Neil, we did two Clutch songs, which I've never, I always want to play Clutch nice. stuff, you know what I mean? <laughs> I was so nervous when I played with Neil, too. Um, and Kick Out the Jams by MC5, he did. And of course, Randy, he wanted to do a bunch of punk rock stuff, so we did Black Flag and Bad Brains and shit. Corey Taylor, oh, fuck, what did we do? I don't know, Weirdos, Black Flag, uh, Misfit Song. You know, it was killer. It was oh, yeah. great. Really? It was three and a half hours, dude. I'm old and fat, dude. I was like, I'm going to die. Jesus Christ. You need to try to get Henry Rollins out of retirement if you do the second one. 
get him to do it. I think I might be able to get him. Yeah, there's enough people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I've known Henry for a long time, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. He's 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 a little weird about playing music now, but I yeah. I, I think I might be able to get him to do it. There you go. You got to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like, if I could get him. Oh, yeah, there's a couple of people. Maybe get Glenn to do something. There you go. Well, you mentioned. Uh, the tour, the blind tour you did, and of course you guys toured relentlessly without Pepper when you were doing the three piece. Yeah, I've always wondered, did you ever have? I mean, I know COC. The idea of doing a when, when everybody no, thing. Well, no, I just meant like yeah. when you did those shows, just three of you. Mm-hmm. I know COC is the type of band that has a diehard fan base, but I always assume that there's some idiot out there that's showing up to the show. Going, where the fuck is yeah, Pepper Keenan? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. of Did course, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, because also a lot of promoters would advertise it as if Pepper was going to be there because they knew it would draw more people. They'd be like, "What the fuck are you doing, man?" Oh, I, oh that was a mistake on our part. We're, we apologize. I remember we were in like Joliet, Illinois, and we got walked into this giant place. It was like the size of this, wow. almost. Well, it was at least the size of Canes, and. Uh, and I'm in taking a whiz before we go on, and the bathroom is packed, and the, I hear this angry drunk dude go, "Man, if Pepper Keen had done it, hit that stage, I'm going home." I'm like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> and that's the way that's the way that whole crowd was. It was skewed because that's you know the promoter just advertised it that way. I was like, so we come out with all this fucking punk rock shit and stuff. It's like, not only, not only. I mean, there was a, an okay crowd, but the place was enormous. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> Didn't, you know, you had to have a thousand people in there to make it look good. So, <laughs> so yeah, of course. I mean, that you know, that's, that's for us as musicians and whatever, blah blah blah. You know, it's been cool that we feel like we can play whatever style and get away with it to a certain extent because we have done a lot of different styles in terms of the punk stuff, and then Blind was more metally, and then the Pepper stuff is the Pepper stuff, and. and uh, but also, you know, it breaks the hearts of a lot of fans that just like this. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> when you, know, you mentioned the joint, was that where you thought I was going with it? I mean, was that a possible? Was that something you got? Well, that's something I want. Yeah. I, I don't think it'll ever happen because uh, those guys are a little weird about like doing keeping them separate, overlapping. Yeah. They, yeah. And I think, I think. Pepper and Carl still have issues with each other. So, I mean, I th- I think it'd be cool. A, n- a night with and do, like, start with the punk stuff and then do the Carl stuff and then do the Pepper stuff and then maybe do a couple covers with everybody together. I think yeah. that'd be sick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, I don't know. But, you know, at the same time, if you had, if you had told me uh, ten years ago that I would, in one year span, be doing, like, the three-piece stuff with those guys and then do a tour with Carl doing the Blind album and then doing this I told you you're fucking insane you know what I mean yeah just because the relationships were you know a little fucked up so never say never I guess you know yeah well what's uh, like who's the drummer that or who's the person that made you want to play drums or was it just Woody saying here play drums <laughs> well, I, I uh, the reason my parents bought me a drum kit is because I was getting in trouble at school for like banging on the desk. My parents started a hippie school that I went to. I don't know if you ever seen the movie Billy Jack, but it was like a hip, that, there's a hippie school involved in that movie. And, uh, anyway, uh, so my my transition from hippie school to public school was a little awkward. <laughs> And I always stuck out a little bit. But so anyway, I was beating on the desks and I was getting a little bit of trouble. And uh, yeah, they bought me a shitty ass drum kit. It, um, wait, what was your question? You were talking about. I was just like, who was the first drummer? Oh, drummer. Did you want to well, really uh, do that? Yeah, I really wasn't playing drums yet at that point, but I loved. Just making noise. Uh, I loved the dude from uh, Iron Maiden, the first Iron Maiden drummer, Clyber. That's why I actually bought that Tama kit. Yeah. It, it was Iron Maiden's first guy. And um, uh, Chuck Biscuits, uh, obviously Bill Ward. It, believe it or not, I never liked um, uh, Bonham when I was growing up. I like him now, obviously, a lot. I like Ian Pace. Um, I think that's a million good drummers. I don't know. I don't know. And it's weird now, nowadays, 
got all those mathy ass fucking like I don't know who played over there, but I'm sure that guy was mathy. <laughs> right. You know what I'm talking about? That yeah. kitty band, Memphis. Memphis Mayfire. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. one of those, what about I love you? Yeah. <laughs> You're the best. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I was just saying, yeah, I said kid metal. Kid yeah. metal, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, they need, they need a, those kind of bands need more of a groove, you know. A bit, they need to get dirtier a little bit sometimes, I think. Yeah. For sure. <sighs> What else was I going to say? What were we talking about? Oh! oh. Um, yeah, I got a good story about uh, the first big tour we did. Yeah. It was uh, it was us, Testament, and Iron Maiden. Nice. We were playing Shads. Yeah, it was like 91 or 92. It was on the Blind album. And I was kind of managing the band. And I was good friends with uh, Susan Silver, who was Chris, the managed Soundgarden and Alice in Chains. Yeah. And I called her up and I said, Susan, I don't, I don't know if we can do this. I mean, this is, you know, we're like just a punk rock band or playing shiz. If you don't do it, you're going to regret it the rest of your life. And, you know, either it's going to be a bad experience, which it probably won't, or it'll be a great one. And it ended up being fucking badass. Like, Iron Maiden were super cool to us, and we got to meet the Testament guys who we didn't know, who we know now. And um, anyway, I had some janked up cymbals. I didn't have any money, and my cymbals all cracked and shit. You know? Same drum kit, though. <laughs> same. I've been playing that same kit since '83. Um, uh, so it, uh, the tour was long. It was like two months or something. Like it was all summer long. And last show was in Nashville, and uh, it was in the middle of summer, hot as hell. And we had a little tent as our backstage thing. We used to do a, a cover by the MC5 called Future Now, and it just so happened that Wayne Kramer, one of the guitar players from the MC5, was there and heard <laughs> about it and wanted to jam with us. So he. You know, that was the encore we did. Nice. We had Wayne Kramer come up and play. And we're like, <laughs> yay, at the end. Yeah, what a great tour. Well, I'm glad that we did this. It was killer. So we're all sitting in our little tent backstage, a little sweating, like, fuck, that was killer. And all of a sudden, the uh, the uh, fold of the opening of the tent flies open. And here comes Nico McBrain, holding something like, walking like bow-legged like this. And he sits down beside me and he goes, mate, you're a great drummer, but you need new cymbals. And it was this fucking pack of, like, 12 or 13 brand new Peisty symbols that he just wow. gave me. Wow. Because he felt awesome. sorry for me. <laughs> and I That's killed great. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <coughs> Maybe. Who, uh, who, not a lot of people say they, they got symbols from Nico, you know? Yeah. That's awesome. Like $3,000 <laughs> yeah. worth of symbols. Right. That's great. And I kill it? <laughs> I was wondering, uh, I saw that you guys reissuing at least... I saw Deliverance and Wise Blood and American's Volume Dealer on vinyl. Um, was Did that... you see Volume Dealer? I didn't see that. Yeah. What, fucking, uh, wow. I mean, I don't know if it's out yet, but I saw a post on your guys' page, I think, about... Oh, really? Okay, yeah, good. that it was coming at some point. Oh, I didn't know if that was a, something that a label was doing, well, or if you guys are involved with that. Well, I think Prosthetic did Deliverance and... And why split? But we didn't even get copies of that. I was like, <laughs> EJ, what the fuck? And we're friends with the guy that owns the thing. I got the green one on. You got the green one? Yeah. I saw the, one of the green ones. Just, yeah. I don't think they did very many of them, though, did they? I think it said like a thousand or something. Yeah. And they did some shirts or something, too, I think. Yeah, yeah vinyl. We should be doing vinyl. I don't know why. Yeah, it's it's a thing, though. Again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it's kind of come full circle, hasn't yeah. it? Like, it you has. Know, really now, the, now... Younger folks want something to hold on to. It's like, oh, yeah, of course. Now you understand. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Yeah. Me and Randy were walking around. We were to the center of the universe over there. Oh, yeah. All that kind of of stuff. We walked up and saw the the children up there getting ready for their metal show at Canes. (laughs) Because I wanted to see the wall uh, where... We'd played there before, but I don't remember the the wall where Sid Vicious had punched. Yeah. You know about that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. They, they re- That's they, probably gone now. Yeah, right? they redid it so much in there. They totally remodeled it. And oh, yeah. Jerry said, oh, that's probably gone. It has to be. But we were talking about how how thing, how different things are now. Like, those, those folks get anything they want, anytime they want, anywhere they are. You yeah. know what I mean? Where we used to have to wait for stuff. Yeah. It was yeah. anticipation. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? Or like making a flyer. He used to have he used to tape and like glue stick, and now people just you know yeah. everything's so easy now. It's yeah. like no, it's different. It's just a click of a mouse button. But I mean, that's one of the things about vinyl is you can hold it, and you can look at it, and there's lots of cool stuff. I'm glad it's it's made such a big comeback because it was a big it's an important part of my you know oh yeah definitely growing up and and theirs I know for sure but we were lamenting like the <laughs> the old days when yeah you, you know they they just don't know they don't you know, they don't have any idea they don't have they can't conceptualize the idea of yeah. having to wait for something yeah. <laughs> they can just Google the lyrics I remember if the lyrics weren't in the CD or the cassette book that you were fucked you know yeah you had to like <laughs> listen to what, what, what the fuck is that <laughs> cool man you got anything else or? I think we wrap it up man. Cool. Cool. Covered yeah. it all. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. Yeah, appreciate it. That was awesome. Appreciate it. Oh, yeah, brother. Oh, thank you. Thunderground. There you go. Reed Mullen from Corrosion of Conformity. That's right. C-O-C, baby. Yeah. Thank you to Liz from Earsplit PR for setting that up for us. Thank you to John, C-O-C's tour manager, for you know facilitating everything that day and helping us get that set up. That's right. And, of course, thank you to Reed for spending time doing it. Yeah. Yeah, it was... Uh, you know, uh, total honor, privilege. One of those things where you're you're wrapped up in a story and you're like, oh shit, what do I gotta ask next? You know, right. you know fumble in your phone. But you know, yeah, it was uh, it was awesome. Yeah, and if Reed or anyone from COC is listening, when you go back out on headline tour and you're in the Midwest, we might be there. So I would ask you to play Long Whip, Big America, and <laughs> Diablo Boulevard. There you go. There you That'd go. That mean a lot. <laughs> they might do it, you never yeah, know. Yeah, and, and and I got to throw in a little note. Pepper Keenan, his shirt was the baddest shirt fucking I've ever seen in my oh, life. Oh yeah, that was that was amazing. Give me Diamond Head till I'm dead. I yeah. want that shirt. <laughs> that is that is perfect. That <laughs> <laughs> yours would say, "Give me Saint Anger until I'm banger." I don't know. Good what the anger. fuck? <laughs> that that we talked about that. That's happened, but don't tell them. <laughs> Don't don't say the whole thing because I, I don't want anyone stealing it. No, I won't. It's gonna be a good idea. <laughs> All right. Well, we mentioned earlier our website. It's thethunderunderground.com. This later this week, Ian Moore is going to be on our podcast here, as well as the rest of the Lossy Coils, which is his band that he's got currently. Yes. And that's another one. Like we said, if you had told us that when we were 16 or 17, we probably would have lost our mind. Oh, no kidding. I mean, it's it's not metal, but, uh, you know, we do what the hell we want. It doesn't have to be. It just has to be good. Yeah. And, and Ian Moore uh, is the definition of good. That's right. Yes. Yeah, so be on the lookout for that. And we've also got, in the next next week sometime, we will have a Rocklahoma preview episode. That's right. And we'll have Kevin Graham on this. That's going to be a fun one. And if you're from the Rock Loma campgrounds, you probably know Kevin Graham. And if you don't, you'll recognize him. Yeah. Because he's like the the king or the mayor of the campgrounds. <laughs> you know, you see him everywhere. He's always got on something, you know, whether it be a, you know, the the battle jacket or whether right. it be the just the crazy Some loud clothes and skull masks and... Or Captain Spaulding. Yeah. But see, here's the thing, though, is if... If you don't know Kevin Graham, the name, if you're out there and you see this guy, be like, that's him. That's who that guy is. Yeah. You, I mean, you definitely know him. So this should be a fun one. Uh, get the beers ready. Yeah. And I hope you people out there in podcast land don't mind slurred speech because there might be a little bit of that by the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, we're going to go over, similar to what we did last year, one of our first ever episodes was a preview of Rocklahoma 2015. So we're approaching a year now here. That's right. And so here in the 60s, we'll have uh, the preview of 2016, which we're just going to go over everything we're looking forward to, things we're not looking forward to, <laughs> and, you know, just some stories from past Rocklahomas. That's right. You know, just like we said, Kevin will be here, so it'll be just a good, fun conversation, I believe. That's right. And that night, then we're going to check out the band Kill 'Em All, which is a tribute to Metallica, obviously with that name. Yes. And they're playing the Shrine in downtown Tulsa. Be there. Yeah. There's uh, some other great area bands lo- uh, opening up. Archon from Oklahoma City, Searching for Sanity. Yes. And I know there's a couple more in the bill. I'm drawing a blank right now, but we'll talk about that, obviously, more once it happens. And do you think that they will play Bleeding Me? Probably not. 
So no outlaw torn or no, no, you know, no, none of that uh, stuff. No thorn within. Right. No, no Ronnie. Ronnie. Mama no. tried or mama, mama tried. Mama said. Mama said. Or what about frantic? Doubt my lifestyle determines my death style. I doubt it. Right. I doubt it. Sorry, Trent. Well, I don't want to go then. Uh, you're going. All right. Okay. Hey, they might play some Diamond Head. That would be badass. And we'll play at least will. one Diamond yeah, Head song. Yeah, Evil, yeah. I could almost guarantee you since their names kill them all. Probably. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, again, Thunder, thethunderunderground.com. We're on Facebook. It's backslash thethunderunderground. We're on YouTube at thethunderunderground. We're on Twitter, T-H-N-D-R-U-N-D-R ground. We're on Instagram at thethunderunderground. And we're on Periscope at Thunder. Thunder Underground, all one word. And then SoundCloud.com is backslash Thunder Dash Underground. And we've had people from Sons of Texas, Overkill, Warrant, Europe, Miss May I, Battlecross twice, um, Shooter Jennings, Crowbar, Down, of course. We had one of CO, uh, uh, Pepper Keating's old bandmates, Kirk Winstein. That's right. And, you know, he talks about Down in that as well. You know, crowbar, obviously. And then we've got, you know, what else am I forget? Tons of stuff. Oh, uh, we got... Uh, there, Insight. Yeah, Insight. Uh, there's a lot of episodes of just Murder us, FM. Sorry. Murder FM, yeah. There are a lot of episodes of us just talking about music. You know, geeking out and playing some tunes. Check those out. Yeah. A lot of local guys, like, you know, we played uh, Screaming Red Mutiny earlier. We got them... Driver, Severmind, uh, Cody Slane from Blackwater Rebellion and Scorned, uh, Scott and Jana from uh, Rocket Science, uh, Nine from Dead Metal Society, Jason Gillardy from Caroline Spine and Dead Metal Society, Steve Ray from Oklahoma Braves, I mean, uh, Chad Malone from Senior Fellows, and uh, CJ Pierce from Dragon yeah, Pool. Yeah, we, we've got so much stuff, so... Huh. Just start digging back through there and find some stuff you like, you know? Yeah. Pull it up, hit play, and let us know what you think. Underground at gmail.com. Or, of course, you can message us on Facebook. Yes. All right. Anything else? Um, I think I'm going to go and uh, I see some beer in my future. All right. It's hot. It's sunny. It's Saturday. I have to work tomorrow. Yeah. So there's going to be some, some of that shit going on. So let's get out of here. Yeah. Well, this is Monday, right? You don't have to work on Tuesday? Uh, no. Oh, this isn't live. That's right. Happy Mother's Day to anyone that's a mother. That's right. Yesterday, if you're listening to this when it came out. Exactly. Exactly. Listen to this four months from now. Happy uh, uh, Labor Day. There There you go. go. All right, Trent. It's time to go, dude. All right. Till next time. Thunder Underground, y'all.